Before we get into today's episode, we have some super exciting news that's been coming for a little while, which is that today we are opening the Design Life community. Whoop whoop, I'm so excited about this. Oh my gosh, me too. So from today, our community is officially open. Thank you to everyone who has pre-registered their interest. We're super excited to have you on board. And it's not too late to join. If you're still interested in joining the community, then today you can go to designlife.fm slash community. And oh, I'm just so excited, Charlie. I just, oh, I can't wait. We've been wanting to do this for so so long and I'm glad that the day is finally here. Me too. It'll be a place where you can discuss design, discuss issues you're facing as designers with clients etc and just generally a place to get some motivation and inspiration and this right now is a beta period we're calling it and it it's free for now so if you want to experience it and you want to check it out you should definitely sign up and join in the fun. Yes, so if you're interested in joining, then you can head to designlife.fm slash community and we will see you in there. Welcome to Design Life, a show about design and side projects for motivated creatives. My name's Charlie. And I'm Femke. Welcome to episode 85. We're getting closer to 100 every week, which is super exciting. Yeah, it's going to be really satisfying to get there. Yes, totally. (laughs) And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about keeping up with tools and frameworks. So as designers or developers, whatever you may be, somewhere in the creative tech space like us, I'm sure, then you're probably aware that technology is moving very, very fast. And as designers like Charlie and I, we constantly feel a little bit of this pressure to, well, at least I do, this pressure to keep keep up to date with the latest framework and tools and languages and systems, etc. Just to, I mean, for me, I feel like that pressure comes from this this fear or, or maybe this need to stay relevant and to stay up to date with what's going on in our industry. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today and... Uh, I don't think we're going to focus on too much about whether you should keep up to date with frameworks, but just a little bit about that pressure of of needing to do so to stay relevant. And we've got a few tweets that we're going to share, which is super exciting. So it should be a really good episode, episode 85. And the topic for this one came about really, I I remember getting an email from someone saying that they were feeling this pressure and how do I manage to keep up with all the latest tools and frameworks? I cannot find where I saved that email, but if that was you, then thank you for sending it in because it's sparked off the idea for this episode. We should, though, begin with a catch-up because we did not catch up last week. Yes, it's Uh, been a while. So I'd be really keen to hear how you're going, what are you working on right now, how how is life? Tell me, tell me. To be honest, at the moment, I am in the overwhelmed state that you were in in our episode, I think it was two oh, two no. weeks ago. Yep. So I hope yeah. that wasn't contagious. Like I didn't like hand it oh, off to I you. I didn't think about that. <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. But yeah, things are feeling stressful at the moment. There's just a lot to do. And it's in this like crippling state where I just end up doing nothing because there's so much to do. I don't know where to start. So I need to listen back to that episode and take my own bloody advice, I think. Yeah, I saw your tweet yesterday. Yesterday, or the day before, yesterday, I think it was, where you were feeling bad about all the emails that you had that you weren't responding to, right? 
yes, constantly, that is mm. how I'm feeling. Yeah. I I feel that way too sometimes where you just feel, well, yeah, I mean, we talked about it two episodes ago where you just feel completely overwhelmed and like you've got too much going on. And I, I tweeted back to you with some positive thoughts. and Yes, they were great positive <laughs> thoughts. So, yeah, I know it can be super hard when you're in that position of feeling overwhelmed and like, what am I going to do? How do I get through this? But, yeah, positive thoughts. Just think like, you can do it and you can get through it. And as long as you're sort of focusing on the most important thing right now and you're doing your best, that's all you can really do, I think. Yeah. What helped me was you saying that I don't owe people anything. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, I should like take some pressure off a little bit. Anyway, enough about feelings because we've had many episodes about them. How are you going? I am doing really good. I just got back from Paris, which was nice. I spent a few days there with my family. It was my third time there, actually. And every time I've gone to Paris, I've gone with someone who's never been to Paris before. And so I always play tour guide and and do the staple touristy things. Uh, But I'd really like to go back one time and do not the touristy things and just maybe enjoy the actual city a little bit more and explore a little bit more of the outskirts. But uh, it was really nice. I... Project-wise, I've got a freelance project going on, which is due to wrap up pretty soon, which has been a nice thing to do on the side. And I've also been reaching out to a lot of people to interview for my creative series. I know that a few episodes ago now, I asked if anybody was interested and I had a few people get in touch with me, which was super nice. So I've got a few interviews that are going to be coming out soon on my creative series, which you can find on Medium if you search my name then it should come up so yeah also we can link it in the show notes oh yes I always forget (laughs) that show notes are a thing Uh, so you can find it in the show notes and yeah I'm really excited about some of the interviews that I've got coming out soon with people super creative inspiring people that are doing awesome things so yeah it's been fun to get to know them and talk to them and and meet new people that way has been super cool nice well I'm looking forward to seeing them yes thank you so tools keeping up you mentioned when you were int- introducing this episode that you do feel a pressure to keep up with tools. And I don't know, I think I think I do too. I think mostly it's that new stuff comes out and I feel like, oh, I've got to try this or like got to get on board with this and understand it if I'm going to be like, you know, a new age relevant mm-hmm. designer. And I don't know, I, f- I think I'm not an early adopter when it comes to tools. What would you say you are in, in this scale? I think I'm definitely... I don't know what the middle section is, but I would say that's where I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm probably the same. I I think I'm always cautious of you know, there's always like this new shiny thing that comes out, whether it's a tool or a framework or whatever. And people are always betting that it's going to be the next big thing and it's going to be super relevant and everyone needs to learn this to, to stay whatever. Uh, and... I don't know. I'm always like, really though? Like it's a little bit early to be making those big calls. So I think I'm probably like you where I kind of like stand back a little bit first and let other people try it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And for them to validate whether it's actually going to be a thing or not that's relevant to our industry. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, well, other people seem to be using this really well and it seems to be enhancing their workflow or whatever. Uh, Maybe I should give it a shot too. I think that's more where I kind of stand in the bell curve. Yeah. I Because I make YouTube videos about design, right, and I talk about software every now and then, I often get comments asking me for my opinions on 
various different softwares that I've not tried. And I sometimes feel like, and you know, when I'm explaining to them why I prefer to use Sketch as my tool of choice, and I think it is for you too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when I'm explaining to people why I prefer that, I feel like I don't really have much ground to stand on because I haven't tried the thing that they're asking me to compare it to. But at the same time, I'm like, but Sketch works really well for me, so I don't want to waste my time trying something new. Yeah, it's almost like, why disrupt my workflow when it works really well for me right now, right? But Exactly. But it's, I don't know if that's actually the best mentality to have. because I don't think it is, because that's why, I, like, when I was switching to Sketch in the first place, uh, I was a very happy Photoshop user, you know, I was in my flow there and I knew what I was doing, and... Switching to Sketch seems like learning a whole new thing. Like, it's quite a different way of working to, to Photoshop, you know. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't keen to disrupt my process to get get on board with that. But uh, I kind of had to because my team was doing that at zero. And I wanted to share some assets with another designer who was using Sketch. So I had to learn if I wanted to be able to use those assets. And obviously, best thing I ever could have done. It was a great solution for me. And now my workflow is much improved because of it. But yeah, I do wonder that... You know, what if these other softwares that I'm not trying, like uh, what are some recent ones mentioned are Adobe XD, Affinity Designer, things like Framer as well. Uh, I've not tried any of those three things and I don't know, maybe I should check them out because who knows, maybe they could be an improvement on Sketch. Yeah, I think like as designers, we can be really stubborn and we can be really in love with our workflow and our tools and and often we're proud of it too, right? Like you're probably proud to say, yeah, I use Sketch. Yeah, I uh, love Sketch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so when these new things come around or there's pressure to to try them, I think it's easy for us to get defensive or protective like, oh, but but Sketch works really well for me and you try and justify it and everyone's like, no, but you should try this thing because it's so much better. Uh, and I think at the end of the day, whatever works best for you to get the job done as well or as effective as possible in my opinion like that's what you should use and that's what should be a part of your workflow because I don't think that using the latest cool thing is the most important thing I think as designers we need to use what works best for us and whatever helps enhance our workflow and helps us achieve goals and helps us generate ideas and communicate with the rest of our team whether you use a tool like Slack or a tool like Basecamp or Trello or Asana whatever that is as long as you are achieving the goal and getting from A to B and it works really well and most efficiently for you then I think that's great. I I always see people that are super I guess like really passionate about their tool set or their toolkit and believe that everybody else should have the same toolkit because it's the best. Mm. But uh, I think everyone's scenario is is different. Everyone has a different workflow. So I don't think there's like one toolkit that fits all, if you know what I mean. But do you think then that you do need to try a few different ones out before settling on the one that works best for you? Because if I had never tried out Sketch... And because I was, you know, had my workflow in Photoshop and I knew what I was doing, my eye would be slower. I wouldn't be iterating as much. Like Sketch has really improved me as a designer, I think, because of the way it's fit in with my workflow. And so do you ever worry that there's something else out there that could be even better that that we're not trying? Yeah, I mean, there probably is. Like I, I'm not saying that my toolkit is the best. I'm I'm sure that there's places that I can improve on and new things that I could learn and bring into my workflow to make it faster or easier or more efficient or whatever. Uh, I think 
for me, what what I struggle with is how to choose which thing to try because there's so many. I almost have like uh, paralysis. Is that the right word? Where I'm like, yeah. there's so many of them. Which decision one? paralysis? Yes, that's the one where you know, it, like you probably have. Everyone's probably asking you to try all these tools, and you're like, how can I possibly try them all? There's so many. Uh, so I have that where I have decision paralysis where I don't know which ones I should try and which ones I should focus on. And also, I guess, and this is probably a lazy excuse, but just time. Like, when am I going to try them? And what project am I going to use to try them on? And how am I going to learn it? And that's also like a time investment to learning something new or trying to integrate something new into your workflow. You know, it takes time to research and read up about it and learn how to use it and learn how to implement it. So, like, it's not just as easy as downloading something and suddenly magically it fits beautifully into yeah. your workflow you know obviously sometimes it's not going to work at all and that's just a process that you have to go through I like what you said about which project am I going to use it for I think that is key when trying out a new tool uh, I recently did a video actually it's not that recent so I don't know why I said that <laughs> but I did a video trying out Webflow oh yes I, I build the landing page for my pricing course charliemarie.com slash uh, I think it's like get paid it's such a good course, by, by the yeah, way. <laughs> if anyone's listening, it's just three videos. You can do the whole thing in, what What did you say, 30 minutes? 15 minutes. 15 yeah. minutes. Totally worth your time. And it's free. It's awesome. Yes. Well, for that project, thank you for the compliment, Pam, by the way. <laughs> for that project, I decided to, that would be the thing that I would try Webflow with because I had a need, you know, so it was going to be more worth my time investment because I was going to end up with something that I would actually use. And it did take longer, of course, because I had to learn along the way. But I think it was good to have a project to try it out with because it gave me a better idea of how it works rather than just poking around, you know, because I feel like when we just open up the, the software or the tool, whatever it is, and just click around and try a few things, we're not getting a proper sense of how it could fit in our workflow because we're not actually working, you know. I need to take this advice on board with my learning to code because yes. I've been learning to code, but I don't have a project to actually... You definitely need a project. Mm, yeah, to try and actually implement it and do it myself. So I am hearing this and taking on this advice that I need to find a project because I think that would help with my motivation and it would be a like good experience, like a good way for me to uh, try it independently without having to rely on just following a tutorial uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's great advice and something that I need to do more of. And also, I think it's awesome that you had that project, which was the landing page, right, for your pricing yeah. course. And, like, you decided, okay, well, I'm going to use this project and try Webflow with it. And, I mean, how did, how did that go in the end, I guess? Like, did that give you a good sense of how to use the tool? Yeah, it went really well. I was able to discover a few of its, like, downfalls. Like, there were some issues with forms in it where you had to do some hacky things to get the colors right. Um, but for the most part, it was it was really good. And it showed me how powerful it can be and how quick it could be to build sites in it once I'm actually used to how the software works, you know? So it was a really good test. So how do you decide then what tool or framework you're going to try? Do you just wait until you have a need for it or a project that would suit it or I don't know how does that work I think 
I'm in a bit of a different situation than most people would be in because I have a lot of people commenting on videos <laughs> and tweeting me, telling me to try certain things or like asking for my opinion on them. And so then I suppose I just gauge the like frequency at which certain tools are being mentioned for that. But actually, in another way, I also follow a lot of designers on Twitter and I see people talking about, you know, different different tools, things like that. And the more I see a certain tool being mentioned, the more I'm like, okay, that's probably the one that I should try next. So I'm definitely a sheep. I follow the crowd and I'm not going to be the person who wants to be the one to discover the next big design tool. I think because of that time investment, you know, and the time it takes to really learn and get to know something and make a decision on if it's if it's good or not. I prefer to have other people have done that and can tell me if they think it's good or not. And then I know it might be worth my time to try. So basically, I'm really selfish. <laughs> and before you decided, okay, I'm going to use Webflow for this pricing page project, did you first like do a bit of research on what Webflow was and maybe already tested it out like quickly for maybe five minutes? Or were you, did you just like make that decision blind and be like, okay, well, a lot of people have told me to try Webflow. I don't really know what it is yet, but I'm going to use it for this project to try it out. Do you know what I did is I watched their like introduction series okay. on their website. They've got like a How Webflow Works 101 or whatever. I can't remember what it's called, but I will link it in the show notes actually because I found it quite a good series to, to watch and get to know it. And yeah, watching that, I sort of got a feel for what buttons I would be clicking on or whatever when I opened up the program to actually use it. That makes sense. Let's, let's talk about code some more because you brought that up. Code is something where there is a lot of new methodologies I feel like anyway being brought up a lot of the time and that's not something that I'm totally keeping up with because I'm fairly new to the coding world I would say and so I'm much more of a sheep with coding than I am with my design tools and I think I'm also much more willing to try things though as well with with code because I don't feel like I have my specific way of doing things sorted yet right and I don't know I feel like with code, there's often more reasons to try something new because it's going to be faster, it's more efficient, it means less lines of CSS or something. Yeah, there's more like concrete reasons why you should get on board with this new way of thinking, I feel, other than uh, design tools where it's your method of creating something and so, you know, whatever works best for your method. Whereas with code, you know, less lines of CSS and HTML or whatever, the better, basically. Yeah, I guess I'm because I'm still in this like super beginners phase of code I don't feel like I have enough knowledge or wisdom to be able to objectively decide yet what I should do I guess like what frameworks I should do so for me I think I'm I want to first be able to have this basic understanding of code and feel at least a little bit confident in it which I'm not there yet to be able to then objectively decide or uh, I guess keep up with what I should then be implementing or bringing into my coding workflow in order to enhance it but you're probably already at that stage I'd imagine because you're you're a little bit ahead of me do you feel like you're at a phase where you uh, I guess interested in in what new things that you should be implementing yeah I guess so but it mostly comes from when I run into a problem and then something new that I haven't used before is told to me as the solution right like yeah. uh i don't think flexbox is very new at all actually but that's something in the past few months that i've been 
getting to know how that works because that has been told to me several times as the solution to a problem that I'm trying to solve. So yeah, I guess I guess I'm in that stage, but I'm not seeking them out myself as such. I am still waiting for them to come to me, I yeah. guess. I know <laughs> what you mean though, that with design or design tools, it is a lot more like you have your own kind of personalized workflow, I guess. And I you know, you see people get really attached to a particular tool or whatever. Maybe they just really like the aesthetics or something. Uh, but with code, I guess you can't really argue whether something improves your code or not. Like it either does or doesn't. So I can imagine that with code and these new things coming out and ways to improve your coding workflow or whatever, uh, as a developer, I can imagine that that must feel even more overwhelming than as a designer because as a designer, I guess it's you kind of get a hospital pass of like getting away with whatever tool you want to use because you can just say it's best for your workflow. But as a developer, it's more like, okay, well, no, that thing doesn't actually enhance your code. And yes, this one does. So I don't know, maybe developers feel a bit more of that pressure to stay up to date with the latest things and advancements coming out. And the thing with code too is that it's harder to make an adjustment like, well, for the kind of work I do anyway. So at ConvertKit, we have a giant WordPress site is our marketing site, right? And so I'm coding in WordPress and we use a you know, SaaS system for our CSS. And if something new comes along, that is hard to change, right? right. Like I've had the, the team at Webflow because I am tweeting about my CSS problems all of the time these days. And someone at Webflow was like, here's a solution. Don't code it, just design it and like link to Webflow. And I was like, you know, I understand that I cannot just move our whole marketing site right. over to Webflow. It is not that simple. Like, yes, I could do it. It'd probably take me a month. And, you know, I don't know if that's worth the time investment. And so I think it's, once you've got a system in place, it's harder to to go against it. I guess you can start fresh at a new project, but yeah, changing a system in place is more difficult. How do you know if you're using the right or, or the best system right now? Like it's, I feel like it would be difficult to make that decision of whether it would be worth moving all of your WordPress site over to Webflow. Yeah, this is the, the thing. Well, I am not the expert here, right. so I am not making that decision, and that's why I'm not moving it over, because yeah. Dylan has set us up in WordPress, and with this great SaaS system, seems to be working well, so I'm just not going to... I was going to swear then. I'm not going to mess with it. Right. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. And I guess, like, just because Webflow might fix that one problem that you were having doesn't mean that it's the best thing to use for the rest of the site. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got to be aware of that too, I think. And with design tools, you can often switch between different tools for different like components, I guess, of, of your project. So my workflow is to mostly design and sketch, but every now and then, if I want to manipulate an image extensively, you know, more so than just changing the saturation or whatever, mm -hmm. I definitely do that in Photoshop. And same with vectors. If I want to draw a vector that's more than just a simple shape, I'm going to do that in Illustrator and then bring both of those things back into Sketch. Yeah. So there's not one tool that you have to use and stick with. You can use a bunch for whichever part of your process they fit best. Shall we bring in some of the tweets that we have? Yeah, I feel like we've not really talked much about the pressure side of this thing. Before we do that, I just want to ask a question. Do you... And I want you to be honest. Oh, no. What is this question? Do you ever feel like you can judge people who use 
you know, what is considered old software. So if someone came up to you and was like, oh yeah, I use Quark. Like that's, that's my design tool of choice. I don't even know if that exists anymore, to be honest. I'm just going to show my age there. But <laughs> I like, don't even know what that is. That also shows my age. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it, it was the popular design tool back in the day, right? Okay. I'm fairly sure it was the Illustrator replacement or InDesign. I can't remember which one. Okay, but yeah. okay. Was it by Adobe? But, no, I don't think so. Okay. But it was like the one that people used to use, learn at university or whatever. Gotcha. So, I mean, even designers who say they still design in Photoshop, do you ever have this like judgment of like, oh, you're not keeping up with the times? Yep. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Honesty. But I guess, so I'll be like, oh, that's interesting. Have you heard about Sketch? But mm-hmm. then I'll also think or, or ask them, well, wh- what are you using it for? And I guess if if they're finding that it's the best tool for the job, then good for them. I guess it's their fastest workflow. Although I, depending on what they're doing, like say they're designing interfaces in Photoshop, uh, I'll yeah. still be a little bit questionable. Like, oh, well, have you have you heard of Sketch? Have you tried it? Maybe you should just give it a go. Like, I will encourage it. Um, but if they're like, oh yeah, I use Photoshop because I do whatever image editing or something then I'll be like oh well that makes sense obviously so I guess it depends on what they're using it for and also I think how they work like do they work individually or do they work in a team and how Mm -hmm. are they working together as a as a team Uh, I mean we see so many tools now that are dedicated to the team workflow and so I guess it depends also on their situation and whether they're designing collaboratively or not uh, I'll also take that into consideration. Before judging. <laughs> well, you know, you always have that initial judge moment. Yeah, but yeah. Then no, you're like, I'm teasing. I do, I do it as, <laughs> then as well. Then you're like, okay, like, let's hear your rationale, though. I'm interested to hear. Yeah, totally. And this is the thing, too, when I think uh, interviewing for jobs, they often ask what software you use. And I w- would mostly be like, why should that matter, you know? Mm. But it does matter because it's going to be whatever the team is using. And so if you're in an industry where the general like rule not rule but like the majority of people are using a certain piece of software it's probably a good idea for you to learn and get on board with that piece of software so that if you're job hunting you can easily fit in with a team and you know collaborate on projects yeah i think so i mean i don't think you've got anything to lose right by dabbling in in that tool that others are using agreed should we move on to the tweets now then? So I asked, do you feel pressure to keep up with the latest design tools or website frameworks? And what's your approach when something new comes up? So Mr. Corey Miller, our pal, says, I feel much more pressure to make the thing I'm trying to make work actually work so that the latest and greatest doesn't really tempt me much. I like his focus there, like focusing on just making the thing work rather than on being the most recent tool to create something. Yeah, I think... You can always iterate, right? So I kind of like a sentiment of like, let's just make the thing and make it work. And then you can always change it and improve it and iterate from there. Whether you would use a different tool or framework to improve it is obviously up to you. But I like his focus of, you know, just getting it up first uh, and then potentially dabbling in, in something that could help enhance it. Paul says, I wait and see. Good design isn't about the tools, although good tools help you make your visions come to life. Mm. I'm in this wait and see camp as well, Paul. I like to wait and see what others think about stuff before I bother to try it. Yep, same. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, actually. Like, I I would like to 
be able to say that I try, like that I'm an early adopter, that I try things early on. Yeah, I think it's something I want to get better at as well, just so that I can make judgments easier about whether I am, you know, using the right tool. Yeah. But I find trying new things hard. Like, I have to have a project to be able to try it with. And often, for me, projects don't come along that are small enough to try. Like, that landing page I built in Webflow was a great example because it was just one page. It was only ever going to be one page, and that's fine. But most projects I do at work, for example, are using assets that I've already created in other places. I want to be able to copy and paste and, you know, refer back to it later. And so it doesn't fit my flow as much to try new things. But I know that's just an excuse. Arthur said, keeping up with the latest frameworks is hard, but once you get it right, it's a party for newcoming projects. (laughs) Would you agree with that? Since trying Webflow and kind of having an understanding of it, do you feel like you could easily implement that in new projects? And do you feel like you could better objectively decide whether it's good to use for a specific project? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think that I would be fine if I had never tried it, but... It was really useful and it was a fast way of building a website. And so I'm glad that I know it exists and that I know how it works so that when perhaps a new client project comes up or something or I need to build a new landing page, I can easily create one in Webflow rather than having to to code it myself. So, yeah, I'm glad that I have that knowledge now. Yeah, I'd probably say the same thing when I learned about prototyping uh, Mm because I work at a prototyping tool that ever since then I have been able to use it a lot more in my workflow for both work and client projects and so that definitely has changed how I work for the better and improved my workflow going forward. Yeah that's like the result you want right when trying new tool that's great. Hopefully yeah. Uh, Steven says that keeping up with industry popular frameworks is just part of being a working web developer and knowing which ones to learn is the hard part. Yeah, this is kind of what I was touching on earlier, right? I went back to him and asked how he figures out which ones are worth putting the time into learning. And he said, uh, what ones I'm able to find work with or have established itself as a standard. So basically going by industry demand, I guess. And this is definitely, yeah, something we should probably touch on for web development is that there's a lot of, I don't even know if tools or frameworks is the right word to use here, but, you know, there's, we've got React these days is, is proving really popular for front-end dev. And that's something that I suppose a lot of devs now are feeling like they have to know because it's being asked for in job requirements, you know, like, you know, job listings. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. Noticing those trends is is a smart thing to keep an eye on. Yeah, I guess from a developer perspective, it's not the question of should you be keeping up with them, but which ones you should be keeping up with. I can imagine that must be really, really difficult to, f- to decide. Michael says, the approach I have is to get advice from industry people who have started first, then do your own research and see if it's right for you. <laughs> sounds like so, us. <laughs> yeah, sounds like us, but this doing your own research, I think, is a really important part here. You do want to make sure that you're making your own judgments at the end of the day. Like, yes, you're going to take advice from people who have already tried it or whatever to decide on which tools you should even try. But I do think you should make your own judgment as to if it's right for you. 
Yeah, I think that's smart. I mean, there's always going to be people telling you that this thing is the best thing to use and they're going to try and back it up with their experience. But ultimately, you know, you have your own experience and your own projects that you work that you work on. So something that works the best for someone else isn't always necessarily going to be the best for you. So doing your own research, I think, is, is really good and something that I don't do enough of personally, if I admit. I, I need to do that more and not just only rely on other people's successes and what other people tell me is the best thing. Yeah, and I think this, like doing your own research means you can then back up your opinions, right? And you can back up why Mm -hmm. you like using this particular tool in your process, not just if other people ask you about it and you can defend yourself, but also to yourself so that you know your criteria for what makes a good workflow almost. Like... Uh, I wish I had some examples of why people prefer to use Photoshop for web design (laughs) than Sketch, but I know a lot of people do. You know, there is a lot of people out there who still prefer using Photoshop and they must have their reasons, you know. It's not like they're using Photoshop because they haven't tried Sketch. There's a lot of people who choose Photoshop. Yeah, I mean, are they using, are, are they, do they prefer Photoshop because that's what they're most comfortable with and haven't tried Sketch? Or do you think they've tried Sketch and still believe that Photoshop is, is best for them? They've definitely, I definitely know people in the latter group. There. Really? Interesting. Super yep. interesting. So that's what I mean. Like you do have to make your own judgments and they're very confident in their preferring Photoshop-ness, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they know why they prefer it and they can explain that to you. And I just can't remember. So (laughs) that was a great segue, wasn't it? (laughs) Well, I I don't really have much more else to share, I think, on this topic. Did you have any last things that you wanted to share, Charlie? I think I just want to add that while you should attempt to, like, keep an eye out for what's up and coming in the industry, it's mostly so that you can stay relevant in, in a team situation, you know, and know the industry standard of of what's out there but you shouldn't feel pressure to hop on board with the new thing just because it's the new thing and people are talking about it because that could be a hindrance to your process and it could slow you down so do your own research and figure out if it's something you want to try but you don't always have to be using the newest thing like there's nothing wrong with the old and faithful let's put it that way (laughs) whatever helps you get the job done Yes, that is a good note to end on. Before we wrap up, I just want to read out a lovely iTunes review that we got recently. And if you have listened to the show for a while and maybe you've recommended it to some of your friends in real life, I would love it if you can recommend it to other people online by leaving us an iTunes review. And you can do that by going to iTunes and finding our our podcast and leaving a review there. Uh, But here's a review I want to read out from Ari Love One. Uh, who is from Australia, and they said, I don't think I could have stayed so motivated and inspired for my side projects if it weren't for these two amazing women. I look forward to the new podcast every week and always enjoy learning from the topics covered. Thank you so much for your hard work with this podcast. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, lovely. So if you've been enjoying the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a review. We do read each and every one of them. And it's really inspiring, too, to get reviews like that. It pushes you to keep on going. Yes. Ah, love it. Definitely. So if you want to hear more of our episodes, you can head to designlife.fm. And also the community is there, designlife.fm slash community. If you want to be a part of it, feel free to sign up. Make sure you follow us on Twitter as well so you can join in the conversation. 
We are at Design Life FM on there and we'd love to hear from you. And if you have anything that you'd like us to talk about on a future episode, maybe there's a topic that we haven't discussed that you'd like to hear us chat about, just tell us on Twitter. We're, we're always open to hearing what you'd like us to discuss on the show. Just let us know. We're very friendly. Yeah, we won't do. bite. <laughs> we won't bite. Yeah. <laughs> Good chat, fam. See you next week. See ya. Bye.